0: All right, Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5. Have you ever caught yourself blaming God? Uh, Most of us don't want to admit if we've done that, but uh, a lot of times, maybe even subconsciously, in some ways we blame God for things. Um, I'm very fortunate with just my parents and how I was raised and the people I was, uh, preachers and different people I was raised around. That's really, I can see how that's really helped me um, in different areas because I've had some people who've been surprised by some ways that I've handled some of the adversity that we faced. And it's just for me, it's the way I was taught to handle it. It was, you know, you don't worry about it and you just, trust God with it and whatever. And so it's, it's a little bit, I guess it's natural for me, but um, but I've had people say, I don't know how in the world you could, and I'm thinking, wasn't that how we're supposed to, supposed to be? I didn't realize I had the option of doing that. Um, but I know people who've, they come across some adversity and the, the first thought is, is how in the world could God allow this to happen to me? Um, sometimes even in our sins, we come to the point where we kind of blame God for allowing us to sin. Blame God for the temptation or blame God for the weakness or whatever it is. There's that mentality sometimes of blaming God. And the children of Israel, the nation of Israel and Jeremiah have a tendency to do that. And look in verse number 19, Jeremiah 5 and verse number 19. uh, The Bible says, "And And it shall come to pass when ye shall say, Wherefore doth the Lord our God all these things unto us? Then shalt thou answer them, like as ye have forsaken me and served strange gods in your land, so shall ye serve strangers in a land that is not yours. You see the question here that's going to be asked from the nation of Israel of, wherefore doth the Lord our God all these things unto us? Why in the world is God doing this to us? why is this happening to us that's the question they are going to ask they haven't asked it yet they're going to ask this question and god responds by saying and you're going to have to tell them just like you've forsaken me and served strange gods now you're going to have to serve, serve strangers in a land that is not yours he's talking about the captivity that's going to be coming uh, for them and uh in reading through chapter five uh there's a number of a number of notes scribbled in my Bible and highlighted verses and different things in this chapter, but this thought kind of stuck out to me for this week, and, uh, and so I want to talk about blaming God a little bit this morning or this afternoon. Lord, help us as we look at this, these verses in Jeremiah 5, and I pray that we would learn from it and grow from it. God, I pray that you would um, use these verses to challenge us in our lives, and Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name, amen look at a couple of different things throughout this chapter. We're kind of going to just jump to a few different verses and look at a couple of other things with it. Um, but uh, kind of using that verse 19 as the jumping board, watching them blame God when the reality is, is they were the ones at fault. God, why are you doing this to us? That's the question they're going to ask, and God's response is because, you, because of what you did. It's a, re, it's a result, of, it's a consequence of your actions. Uh, look in verse number 7. The Bible says, uh, um, How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that, that that are no gods. When I had fed them to the full, they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. Here is a reminder of expectations that don't fit actions. People ask the question, Why would God do this to me when the reality is their actions don't prove anything about their lives to God nothing they do that that in their their actions in their lives would cause God to say yeah I really really want to help that person yeah I really want to answer their prayers even though everything in their life is is um is ungodly they still try to figure out why God isn't being good to them Why God isn't blessing them even though none of their actions are godly. Uh, I heard the story of a lady in Miami many years ago. She was an atheist and uh, the hurricane was coming. And so she began, she decided she was going to pray. She wrote this in a letter to the editor of the Miami Herald. And uh, so she she was writing about this, that she's an atheist, she doesn't believe in God. But with the hurricane coming, she decided, what would it hurt? I'm going to ask God to keep me safe. And so she prayed about the hurricane coming that God would protect her and her house. Hurricane came and completely leveled her house, knocked it out uh, completely. And so in her letter to the editor of the Miami Herald, she wrote, um, uh, I guess there is no God. He did not answer me. Where was he when I called on him? And the letter to the editor, or the, excuse me, the editor responded in the newspaper, and he said uh, that maybe God was busy with his regular customers. And you think about it for a second, how often people blame God for the bad in their life, and well, God didn't answer my prayer, and then but you look at their life and you go, "Well, why would He?" It happens in churches too, not just with atheists, or Christians who don't ever pray, or very rarely pray, who don't ever read their Bible, who don't have a relationship with God on a daily basis. They pray all of a sudden when they're in trouble and, then, and struggles come and hardships come and they go, well, why did God do this to me? Well, The reality is it's not that God isn't, is, is not hearing your prayers. It's that God is seeing that you don't mean it in your heart. We talked about this morning, it's about your heart. And many people talk to God asking for favors. Um, try to make deals with God. God, if you'll do this, then I'll do right. God, if you'll just answer this one thing, then I'll, I'll do right. God, if you'll give me this, then I'll do this. When God is asking for a daily relationship, daily communication, and, uh, and then we blame God when things go wrong even though we're not living right, and that's the expectations that don't fit the actions here with the, the nation of Jerusalem uh, or the nation of Israel, and we see that they are... Uh, um, and God asked the question, how shall I pardon thee for this? you forsaken me. You've served other gods. And when I fed you fully, you still abandoned me. When I took care of you, you still went the other direction. And, uh, and again, using the, the picture here, God provided, they still sinned. So their expectations of God's care don't fit their actions. You just honestly cannot expect God. And listen, God is capable of doing whatever he wants. But you cannot expect God to look at your life when you're living in sin and expect God to bless you. You, just, you can't expect that. If he chooses to, so be it. He, maybe he will. Um, I mean, look at Samson's life. Samson was wicked, wicked, wicked. And God still used him. Now, Samson didn't get the reward that he could have had had he been obedient to God. And ultimately, and Samson's greatest moment was in his death. And I've said before, and I've preached sermons on it, that's not how I want to live my life, where God uses me the most in, in my death. I'd more rather him use me in my life um, for many reasons. But we see here this expectation of, well, God's supposed to take care of me. God says he loves me. And, uh, and God is, is the uh, richer than any person. God is Uh, wiser than any person. God is stronger than any person and so um, he's gonna take care of me no matter what. Well the Bible teaches us through illustrations, through people's paths, um, and through principle that when you're disobedient to God you should not expect God to go well I know you've been a naughty person and I know you've been whining the whole time I've been dragging you through the grocery store but I'm still gonna give you a candy bar. It's not how it works. God does not reward disobedience. He rewards faithfulness. And, uh, and here is the expectation that doesn't fit the action. And sadly, many Christians fall into that same uh, mindset of an expectation of God will take care of me no matter what and then realizing there is consequences to your actions. Skip down to verse 21. We see another point here. It says, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, ha, uh, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. Now he's calling for a, uh, a, a, to get their attention. Hear now this, O foolish people. Hey, look up here. It's funny. Seven people just did. Um, that's what God does. There are times where God calls you out. Hey, look here. Look here. I remember um, growing up in the church I grew up in, uh, my uh, pastor's daughter had a lot of health issues and so sometimes the pastor's wife had to be at home with her or take her out or whatever and so the pastor's son would be sitting in the front row by himself or in the second row by himself and i remember at times where my pastor would call him out he'd be in there making airplanes with paper or whatever and pastor jonathan you know, to look up and god's saying listen here look up pay attention And then he says, which have eyes and see not and ears and hear not. If you go through and you read in Christ, Christ preaching, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Um, Here we we come across this refusal to listen. A refusal to hear what God has to say. A refusal to pay attention to what God is saying. God is warning them. God is, I use the word pleaded somewhat lightly, but God is pleading with them. You know, as a parent, you understand this. You do not like punishing your children. And I have begged my children to obey so that I don't have to punish them. That's what God is doing here. Does God know what they're going to do? Yes. Nothing takes God by surprise. Yet God still pleads and He warns: this is going to happen if you don't do right, if you don't return, if you don't uh, uh, give up these things and come back to me yet they have eyes and they don't see and they have ears and they don't hear. Verse 3, towards the end of the verse, or the middle of the verse, I guess, it said, well, let's read the whole verse. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon uh, the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. Refused to receive correction. When you refuse something, it's you know what it is. Right When you refuse it, Um, you you know what you're doing. It's a choice that you're making. And that's exactly what they were doing, a refusal to listen. Expectations that didn't meet meet actions, a refusal to listen. Look in verse 22. Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by uh, a perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it? And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail. Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it. No respect and no fear of God. This is the problem that Christians have had from Adam's time on. A lack of fear. Literal fear. (laughs) I don't know about you, but growing up, I respected my dad and I feared my dad. Um, I knew when my mom said, when your dad gets home, my mom always, and and I think every mom does this, you would more rather have had me punish you than your dad. Okay, there may have been a day where I told you that so that you wouldn't be so mean to me. But at the end of the day, I was scared to death of my dad. If I was doing wrong, I was terrified of my dad. You see, God is so much more than that, so much more powerful so much more wise, so much more right than my dad. And yet, as Christians, too often we do not respect, reverence, or fear God the way that we should. God said, you are worshiping these idols, and you don't seem to care about the consequences that I'm about to pass down on you. Fear ye not me. Will ye not tremble? At my presence. You remember when Moses encountered God in the burning bush? He didn't go, this is cool, right? He was fearful. He took off his shoes out of reverence. Many people throughout the Bible have come across this understanding that when God is present, and I know God is all present but that when you know and you are standing in the presence of God, the right kind of respect and reverence that comes with that. But on top of that, if you think about the power of God and when it's for you that everything is possible, there should be a fear of if I do wrong, if I disobey, if I go against God and I have that anger against me, that should be terrifying. And these people were living, worshiping other gods, being flippant with other gods, with really no seem to worry about the consequences that the true God was going to pass down on them. No respect, no fear for God or of God. And that is something that we are missing greatly. We're missing it in today's churches. We're missing it in today's society. We're missing it um, everywhere, the fear and respect of God. Verse 25, it says, Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholden good things from you. It's a very simple thought. It's your fault. When they're going to ask the question, Wherefore does the Lord our God all these things unto us? The response is, Your sins, that's why. Your sins have withholden the good things. Your iniquities has caused the pain. Your uh, failures has caused the downfall of your people. It is your fault. You can try to blame God all you want to, and you might convince other people it's God's fault, but God's going to remind you at some point in time. No, it was your fault. Your sins caused those things. Not me. Your iniquities turned away the good, the blessings, the rewards. It's your fault. The Bible says, um, I forget what book it's in now, but the soul that sinneth it shall die. And it talks about generational sins um, from the father passed on to the son and uh, and so on and so forth. And the idea that sadly many times children will pick up the habits of the parents. That's why you have generations that have alcohol problems. That's why you have generations that have um, abuse issues. It's why you have those things because as they see it, they're around it, it's what they're, they're learning. Whether you're teaching them verbally or not, it's what they're learning by your actions. But even if a son is committing the same sin that his father did because the son watched the father do it, it doesn't uh, um, let the child escape the consequences of his sins. And that's so Oftentimes, we blame everything but ourselves for our sins. Well, if, if, you didn't, if you didn't bring that person into my life, then I wouldn't have been around that. If you wouldn't have made me grow up in that home, if you wouldn't have whatever, 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 we blame and we blame and we blame. At the end of the day, your sins are the results of your consequences. And, and you cannot blame God for it. But after all of this, we still see in the midst of all this God's mercy. Look in verse number 1. It says, Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, judgment that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. Look in verse number 10. Go ye up, uh, go ye up upon her walls, and destroy But make not a full end, take away her battlements, for they are not the Lord's. Here he's talking about the enemies of of Israel. And he's mentioning here that even in the destruction or the downfall, he will not make a full end. There's still mercy there. Look in verse number 18. Nevertheless, in those days, saith the Lord, I will not make a full end with you. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to, um, there's going to be consequences for your actions, but at the end of it all, there's mercy and it's available. And the, uh, the understanding, because, because the question sometimes is asked, why does God do, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? That, that is a long conversation. Um, we can give it cliches and maybe appease some people but if we're gonna have a real conversation about it it'll take a little bit of time so we're not doing that today but we watch and by the way look through the Bible that's for a Christian I encourage you with that look through the Bible look at the bad things that happen to good people in the Bible and then I want you to see the peace in those people I think it's Stephen Stephen was murdered for what? For preaching. You say, boy, Stephen was a good person. He did right. Just I, I don't know about you, when I read the, the account of Stephen stoning, I can see in his eyes the peace as I read it. Um, in this case, we're talking about sins causing punishment. Punishment as a result of sins. The fact that God, because He is righteous, cannot allow sin to go unpunished. What he's saying in all of it, there's always going to be mercy available. In verse 1, if there's anyone who's seeking truth, if there's anyone who's executing judgment, I'll pardon it. If you return to me, if you come back to me, I will restore you. I'll forgive you. And nevertheless, in those days, I will not make a full end with you. God had made a promise many, many books back. In the Bible. And he's going to fulfill that promise. And that's why there's this consistent offer of mercy available. I find it amazing that when people are so bad to God. Blaming God. Questioning God. Not trusting God. God still sits there. Showing and proving his love to us you'll just come back. If you'll just come back. I don't know if we need this specifically today. But if for some reason you've left, if you'll just come back. Let's help other people the same way. Just come back. Lord, help us Provide for us. Help us to be more faithful. Lord, build our faith. Stretch our faith. Grow our faith. Lord, when we sin, help us to be accountable. Help us to understand where we've done wrong. Help us to not pass the blame on to relationships or society or you. But God, that we understand that our sin results in consequences. So God, help us to get those forgiven. And uh, to come back. Lord, help us as we reach out and we try to help others who are struggling in their faith. Maybe those who have not yet had faith. And God, help us to to be able to clearly teach your word to them, your love for them. God, may we be able to see people come to you or come back to you. God, help us to be faithful. God, help us. There's so much going on in our society today. Help us to stay focused on you. God, I pray that you'd help our church and the needs that we have, that you will answer these requests, and uh, Lord, I pray that you would um, <clears throat> just continue to, to, to provide for the needs that you always have for this church. We are, we are, I am excited about what is next, even though I don't know what it is, and God, we are, we are trusting you. We are giving to you our cares as a church um, to take care of this. This assembling of believers, God, that you will provide for us the right place and the best place for us. God, I pray that you'd help us to not get caught up um, and distracted by the things going on in this world, but that we would truly be compassionate for people. That um, God help us to keep our priorities straight. I do pray for our leaders, I pray for our governor, and I pray that uh, he would um, receive good, wise, godly counsel, that he would follow it. God, I pray that you would be with the division in our state right now. God, that you would use us as a part of the healing. I pray that you would protect our law enforcement who are in a very tough situation. And Lord, I pray that you would um, just protect with safety, protect their lives. Lord, help us to gain some sort of peace again. Our country is in um, array right now. Pray for our president, for other elected officials. God, that you would again give them wise and godly counsel, that they would heed it and follow it. God, we have so much division. We know that true unity will only come through you. So God, I pray that you would use us as a part of starting uh, a spread of the gospel throughout this country and a mighty wave, Lord, that people will turn to you. Be with our missionaries, protect them, provide for the needs that they have as well. And, uh, God, we look forward to seeing what you're going to do and answering these requests in the days to come. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.